Hi, everyone. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. And I say ours because it's you and me and Jesus. And we're spending time together sharing the Word of God. And I trust that you're absorbing this. The Bible tells us to meditate on the Word of God day and night. And to meditate is like a cow chews its cud. It chews it initially and chews it more and more and till it gets all the nutrients out of it. Well, the Bible has an inexhaustible amount of nutrients the more we read it and study it and pursue the heart of God. I was telling somebody recently that I don't pursue what people tell me to pursue. I don't pursue what anybody tells me to do. I listen to the Holy Spirit. I pray and I listen to the Holy Spirit and I pursue the manifest presence of God. Because I want to be like the Bible character that said, If his presence doesn't go with me, I don't want to go up. And so that's a good thing for you to do as well. Pursue the manifest presence of God. Today's broadcast is sponsored in part by Custom Construction. My friend Will Shockey will build you a house or a barn or remodel whatever you have. He does exceptional work and is just a good guy. So if you will call him at 443-791-4420-443-791-4420 and maybe getting some of that tax money back and you're gonna build a deck or something. My neighbor just built a beautiful deck and he and his wife are gonna be enjoying that this coming spring. Also, let's do a double hitter tonight. Will's wife, Kelly, is a great real estate person If you're looking to buy or sell a home, she will take good care of you. You can contact her at 443-955-2465. We're studying the incredible book. We've only gone through one lesson, and I'm going to repeat the first two verses And that'll catch you up, and we're going to be into verses 3, perhaps down to verse 7, 3 to 7. We're talking about the preeminence of Jesus. Jesus is the Son of God and God the Son, and he is God incarnate. And as I told you in our first lesson, There were the Gnostics. They were the big eggheads that felt they knew it all, hence the word Gnostics, to know. And they felt that Jesus 
was just some kind of a phantom. But no, Jesus was flesh and blood, 100% man, 100% God. He was God incarnate, God in the flesh. And so in verse 1, we'll be looking at verse 1 will tell us all about, all about the preeminence of Jesus. I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior when I was about 12 years old, and that's um, like some five decades. And I have failed him, and I have backslidden and done things I probably shouldn't have. Not probably shouldn't have, but shouldn't have. And yet he's been faithful to me. He has never left me. And now as I get older in life, he's the supreme reason for my living and my life. He's my joy. He's my life. He's my everything. And I want to show you how you can have a relationship with him and fellowship with him. He won't be a phantom to you. He'll be very real. John says, that which was from the beginning, and we shared with you about the pre-existence of Christ. Read the book of Colossians, chapter 1, the Gospel of John, chapter 1. Christ was here in eternity past, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He received that body so that we could know what God was like when Mary gave birth supernaturally, supernaturally to Jesus Christ without the aid or assistance of Joseph's seed, because that would have carried a sinful nature, she conceived Jesus of the Holy Ghost. That which was from the beginning, and here's where John says, he's not just a phantom. He said, we've heard him, audio. John was an eyewitness which we have seen with our eyes, visual eyewitness. And then he says, which we have looked upon, and I told you that was the word theomai, which meant like a theater. We, he observed him up close, heard what he said, watched the miracles, loved him. And he says, and our hands have handled or touched the word of life. So that's evidence, the five senses and what Jesus possessed was he spoke and he walked and he had a body. And John says, I didn't touch a phantom. I touched a very real person born supernaturally, but came to this earth so he could feel what you and I go through on a daily basis. 
next, he's called the word of life, like he is in John chapter 1. In the beginning was the word, word was with God, the word was God. Verse 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten, full of grace and truth. He's the word, logos, divine expression of thought, of life, not just biological life, but it's Zoe life, vital life. For the life, the life, definite article, Zoe was manifested or revealed to us. We studied the book of the Revelation and we see that was the apocalypse or the unveiling of Jesus. For the life was manifested, and we, plural, have seen it, and bear witness, the word for witness is martyr, and show unto you. See, once Jesus is revealed to you, you have a responsibility to real, reveal him to others. That's what I'm doing now. I'm revealing Jesus to you through the word. And it says, and show unto you that eternal life, this life is so temporary, but life with Jesus is eternal. Receive him as your savior. As many as received him, to the game, them gave he the power, the authority to become the sons of God, even to those that believe on his name. Life was manifested, we've seen it, I bear witness and show unto you that eternal life, which was with the Father, face to face with the Father is the idea there, and was manifested unto us. Isn't it something like David said when he saw the moon and the stars and the sun in the sky, and he says, man, when I consider the works of your hands, and I consider your creation. What is man that thou art mindful of us? People so cheapen God. God isn't to be cheapened. I saw something that disturbed me very much. And it was a video that on Super Bowl Sunday, there was a church, and they thought it was funny to have the kickoff to their Sunday Super Bowl service, and somebody put a copy of the scriptures on the platform, and one of the staff members ran and kicked a field goal with it. Well, that just crushed me, that somebody would have that lack of value concerning the Word of God that would ever treat even a Bible that way. Is that leather-bound book itself, the, the, just the book, is that what's so sacred? No, it's what's in that book is sacred. And those individuals should have examined themselves before and after they did such a, an egregious act. Anyway, I'm off my pulpit for now. Verse 3, that which we have seen, 
and heard declare we unto you. Now, we're going to see in the next few verses the reason for John writing this epistle under the inspiration, the God-breathed inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He says in verse 2, he wrote this, that you may have eternal life. So if you receive Jesus as your Savior, you will enter into a relationship with God only one way through Jesus. And he says, number one reason, that you might have eternal life. And I want you to have eternal life as well. This life is full of pain, heartache, sickness, cancer, difficulty financially, physically, relationally. But one day we will experience the eternal life that we already have within us as a believer. And the joy that that will bring will just excite all of us. Number two, that you may have fellowship. And number three, that your joy may be full. So three reasons just in the first four verses that you might have eternal life, which is only available through Jesus, that you may have fellowship, I'm going to talk about that, and that your joy may be full. So as we look at this verse, that which you have seen and heard declare we unto you that what? You may have fellowship. The word is koinonia. Koinonia means partnership. Whatever, whenever you enter into partnership with God through Jesus, it's incredible because all of his strength and power and resources and joy and all those things that God has, you're now a, a partner with God. Isn't that incredible? And God is not stingy. God will share all that he has. When I had maybe more resources, I would always tell my children, and they know it to this day, if I have it, you have it. And that's the way God is with his children. He has it. And he wants to be your partner, but he wants you to walk in fellowship with him. There's a difference between relationship and fellowship. You can be a believer in Jesus, have been born again, have received Christ, but you're not walking in fellowship with him because you are having too much, quote, fun and too much friendship with the world. You act like them, you behave like them, you drink like them, you party like them, and then you wonder why your Christian faith doesn't seem to have the joy that it could have. Well, if you'll determine that you will have your intimate fellowship with Jesus, 
you will find the joy you've been looking for. It's koinonia, is fellowship, is partnership with us. And it says, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is Jesus, is our Savior. Christ is Christos, the Anointed One, who anoints us so that we can have supernatural power as we walk with the Holy Spirit who's supernatural. Christianity is not natural, it's supernatural. And I've shared before, it's easy to receive Christ, but it's difficult to walk it out. But not, not difficult if you are in partnership with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I'm meek and lowly of heart. Verse 4, these things write unto you that your joy may be full. Do we have times of sadness and discouragement and depression? Yes, we live in a fallen world. But there's a difference between happiness. Happiness is circumstantial. Joy you may have that as long as you're being filled with the Holy Spirit. Because it says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, etc. So you could be going through times of great distress and still walk in the joy of the Lord. You see, Satan knows he cannot steal your salvation so the next thing he does is he seeks to rob you of your joy. Have you ever seen the Super Bowl and one of the individuals is running down the field or has caught a pass and here we go, the other team is trying desperately to strip that ball out of his hands so that he doesn't get a touchdown. Well, think of joy like that. Hold on to your joy. Don't let Satan have it. Every day of your life, he's going to be trying to rob you of your joy. Do not let him do that. And so as we look at that fourth verse, these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. Jesus said in John 7, 38 and 39, He that believeth on me, as the scripture said, out of his belly, his innermost being, shall flow rivers of living water. Are you sad, discouraged, depressed? Go to Jesus and say, Jesus, I am so sad. I'm so hurt. I'm so heartbroken. Would you empty me of myself and my feelings and fill me with the Holy Spirit? And the result will be a displacement. He will pour out his spirit within you and upon you and flush out all that sadness 
and bring you joy despite your circumstances. He that believeth on me, as the scripture said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Verse 5, this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light. This world is so dark and becoming more and more dark. I heard of someone just over the time of that big game that went into a church in Texas and, and shot people. It's getting very dark and darker every day. But he said, this is the message which we've heard of him, of Jesus, and declare unto you that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. No, not at all. Some of our saddest times are when we're experiencing darkness internally or externally when you turn off the lights and it's way too quiet. When I have those times, I either turn on worship music, beautiful worship music, or I turn on psalms audibly read to me, and I just listen because I don't want to be alone with my own thoughts. God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. We're going to continue this teaching. And I trust that it's being a blessing to you. If you haven't received Christ as your Savior, I trust that you'll receive him. Pray this prayer with me. Repeat it with all of your heart. Say, Lord, I realize that I'm a sinner. I repent of my sin. My sin has separated me from you and I ask you, Lord, to cleanse me with your precious blood. I repent of my sins, and I now receive you as my Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. This is your friend, Pastor Earl, and I want to give you my email and a number that if you need to send a prayer request, you can do that by text. My email is charisman, C-H-A-R-I-S-M-A-N, 1234 at gmail.com. Also, you can text me, not a phone call, but a text at 386-795-7500. I would like to advance this broadcast into more and more markets, and you can help me with that if you would email me, and I can let you know how you can help us financially to take care of the needs of getting this out on other platforms, etc. Now, may God bless you. I love you. This is Pastor Earl for... Pastor Earl and friends, thank you for being my friend. Make sure that you hit uh, share or follow when you see the link for this. It's out on Facebook and
other different places, but you can find it on Podbean, P-O-D-B-E-A-N. And here's the link. The link is that H-T-T-P-S. And there's a colon, two forward slashes, and then Charisman, C-H-A-R-I-S-M-A-N, one, two, three, four, dot, podbean, P-O-D-B-E-A-N, dot com. God bless you. Love you.